Hello, everybody, and welcome. You're listening to Talk Clean to Me. I'm your host, Joe Karen. And I'm Chloe Holzinger. Today, we're sitting down with Latika. Latika, to kick things off, could you go ahead and introduce yourself? You have a day job and you are also an entrepreneur. If you could tell us just a little bit about both to start things off. Sounds good. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm a physics professor. I teach at Northeastern University, but I'm not one of those scary professors. I know physics and people get all scared. But yeah, so that's my day job. So I teach undergraduate physics. I do research in nanotechnology. So I'm the director of the research lab. I have graduate students, undergrads who work with me. So we make nanomaterials. And uh, we've been working on these nanomaterials for some 12 years now. And over the last few years, I have been thinking, giving a thought to the kind of work that I'm doing. You know, finally, it has to be meaningful. Uh, Someone should be using it and applying it out there. So that's when I have been talking to uh, folks in the industry. And then we had this idea to spin out the company. Uh, We found applications in filtration membranes with one of our nanomaterials. Then, uh, so that's how the company was born. So I'm also an entrepreneur. Uh, The company is about four years old now. So that's what I do. So I tell people I'm almost running two full-time jobs, <laughs> but that's not it. I'm also in heavily into breathing and meditation and yoga. I spend most of my weekends either teaching workshops or doing workshops myself, that's great. breathing and meditation. So I'm always in that <laughs> I don't know if it makes sense. Yeah. No, I totally understand. That's a understand. bit about me. <laughs> That's great. So before we get to the technology, I, also, you, I have a question. So you had been doing this research on yes. nanomaterials yes. for about 12 years. Yes. And w- can you just, so it wasn't fulfilling enough or you just, you, you felt like there was more you could do? Can you talk about like that, yeah. that decision and, you know, was it a difficult decision to make to kind of try something totally new like that? So the materials that we make are what we call nanowires, like one-dimensional structures standing up on a surface. Imagine lots of coffee cups arranged parallel to each other. So I spent a lot of time uh, perfecting the technique to develop those materials. Like either I was trying to make them more straight or trying to make the diameters more uniform, stuff like that. Then after a point, I thought, what? Whoa, uh, how does it matter? I mean, okay, I might make the diameters more uniform, but does it really, in a real world application, how does it matter? I mean, I really want to make sure this has some value to it. And luckily at that time, the NSF iCorps program Mm -hmm. came up. So that's when I took that opportunity. And it was a difficult decision for me because I was uh, venturing into an area where I had no clue how to make things work because, you know, we are all comfortable in our research lab, tweaking our research a bit here and there. So it was stepping out of my comfort zone, but it's all worth it. Now it feels like it's all worth it. 
Can you tell us about the application and how you ended up choosing this as the application of this work, of your life's work? Yeah. So uh, we are, we make titanium dioxide nanotubes, and that is the filtration medium for uh, commercially available uh, filtration supports like you can buy the support and you if you coat it with our material so it becomes a filtration membrane basically so in some sense that was uh, it's the simplest way to get into the industry rather than reinventing the wheel and developing uh, you know discovering or inventing the a whole new technology all we are doing is using our material as an ad on for something that is already out there like the supports are out there uh, the whole technology you know the pumps valves we are not reinventing all that so everything is already out there we are just using our material as the filtration medium like the secret sauce that filters the dirty water so the application we are looking at is contaminated water either from the industry uh, oil fields, domestic wastewater, all of that. So we can treat the dirty water, we can remove the organics and the suspended solids and bring it to commercial standards. So it can be used for commercial applications. So you can reuse the water, so it's like saving water resources. That's great. So just to clarify for my own personal yes. understanding. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, you're making this nanoparticle that can be added to existing yes. water filtration systems. Correct. And it'll filter the water better than the incumbents. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Now that we understand the technology and the application, why is this important to you personally? Uh, it, you know, it just makes me feel good that finally the research that I've been doing, somebody will use it. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, so that it's, it's very fulfilling when you know that you have contributed to something out there. Perfect. Yep. That makes perfect mm -hmm. sense. Do you have yeah. any, um, any of these deployed actively right now? So we are going through a very interesting phase right now. The company is being acquired. Oh, so really? So we are at, uh, in the discussion stage. It's almost complete. So we won't remain, uh, you know, the name of the company is Menon Laboratories. So we won't be Menon Laboratories maybe in a week or Whoa. two. Congratulations. exciting. <laughs> so maybe by the time this episode comes out. Yeah, I'm sure by the time this comes out uh, in yeah. a month or so, it'll be official. That's great. Yeah. Or we, maybe we should do it. We'll have a scoop. We finally have a scoop, Chloe. <laughs> You've never done one of those. You've never had a scoop. <laughs> We're real journalists now. So it's very exciting for me because we are going from the technology space to the engineering space. Mm -hmm. Because at heart, I'm still a researcher who became an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. So I know how things work in the technology space. And I'm not really, I don't have the customers. I'm not really an oil field services or an industrial wastewater treatment company. So we have a company that is acquiring us That's very so soon. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. That must feel great. Mm. Very cool. All right. So that covers status of, of men in labs. So I have one last question by way of preface, and then I'll, I'll let Chloe ask questions because I always <laughs> talk way too much. But... Can we get maybe a, a brief history of the company? Like, 
you know, how you got started and what was instrumental in getting you to where you are today. Yeah, so we started in 2013. Our first funding came through Shell Game Changer. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's because of the NSF I-Corps. So we started with that. We were talking to a lot of uh, industries out there for to f- figure out what is the most relevant application and what is the pain point in the industry. And that's when Shell told us about potential applications for uh, wastewater treatment especially oil field services and they were willing to put in some money through the game changer uh, grant and uh, they said oh we normally don't fund universities so I said no no we have a company so, <laughs> <laughs> so that's we incorporated very quickly and we had a bank account and so it all started very fast so I wasn't I mean, I like to take risks. Um, as I mean, that's how I am. Uh, mm-hmm. So I said, well, let's just go for it. <laughs> and yeah, after that, we got the Mass CEC funding. So once we got the sh- uh, Shell Game Changer uh, grant, we could do a lot of research. And we perfected the technology for the filtration application. Then we got the next grant, the Mass CEC funding. So we kept going to the higher and higher levels of scale up for the technology. So initially it was a small benchtop system. Then it went to 100 gallon per day system. So now we are scaling it up to 1,000 gallons per day in partnership with this company that's acquiring us and so on. So to kind of <laughs> review what I think has, um, you know, what you're describing is that you were fortunate and capable enough that as you were going through, I'd say, like the technology readiness levels, you always had the funding you needed to exactly. like make it to that next level of technology readiness from yes. the MVP up to, sounds like you're getting ready to scale yes. it out into yes. like real applications. Real world application. So we, so what's different about our uh, company is that we started with a product looking for an application. Often there are other companies that uh, they figure out there is a need out there and they come up with a solution for that specific need. Mm -hmm. But, you know, coming from this background, you know, I'm basically a scientist. So coming from that background, we have a product and we were trying to figure out how to fit it to in the industry. So that's why I guess it took a while also. It's very hard to do. Very hard to do, exactly. You see a lot of companies fail doing that. Yes, yes, yeah. So this is where, but I have been, you know, keeping up with it. And it kind of helped because I have a day job. So I was not in a real hurry also. So I was, Mm. you know, in that calm state of mind. I just kept going one step at a time. So, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And for some background, um, what are the water needs in the oil services industry? Mm, So at this time, uh, we don't really recycle or reuse the water. Often the water is just discarded in some deep well or so on. Unless we are able to provide a technology which costs less than the transportation costs of dumping that water, Mm -hmm. the industry is not interested. So we have a technology which 
is comparatively the prices are lower for them. I mean, they'd rather reuse, treat the water and reuse it rather than transport the dirty water and dump it in an oil mill because there are costs involved there too. So here we can do an on-site filtration and the overall cost would be much less than what they would have to pay to transport the dirty water and buy fresh water for the next application. Mm -hmm. that, yeah. And this water is produced from fracking? Fracking is one of the applications, but it could be any industry also, mm -hmm. industrial wastewater in mm -hmm. general, yeah. Making that transition from academia into like exploring the startup entrepreneurial world for the first time, what did you find most surprising about entrepreneurship that you didn't know or expect before? Mm, about entrepreneurship, well, mm, so this particular industry is a very capital intensive industry and I, it, in the, when you're working in a research lab, you know, even a small result that you show in the lab, you know, you can write a paper on it or something. So there's like this instant gratification. Oh, we got something out of the work that we did. Or a student, it goes into the student's PhD thesis or something. But here in entrepreneurship, you feel like, oh, no, you have to get to the next stage and the next stage. Like investors are not willing to look at the technology until you have say, a thousand-gallon system or something like that. So there is that minimum requirement that you need to get to. And that has been, uh, it takes a while to get there. So that was a bit, it was challenging to realize that, uh, okay, there's a long way to go. It's not that straightforward. Yeah. Hmm. So normally we talk to a lot of companies that are in the clean tech sector, and a lot of them are trying to get in touch with the right person at a utilities company. Yeah. And they find that, that is one of the hardest things that they have to do mm. is getting in touch with these industry professionals um, and showing them that what they're doing can help. Mm -hmm. But we don't actually talk to many people who are trying to get in touch with oil and gas industry professionals. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Could you tell us a little bit what that process was like for you? So that wasn't too difficult, especially because we are based in Greentown Labs. So a lot of company uh, representatives have been coming there on and off. So I had an opportunity to talk to so many companies, Chevron, BP, Shell, all of them. So and I have used every opportunity to learn more and more about the industry. Like, you know, I keep my options open so i mean it's been a long uh, four years right it's been a long road out there for us like each one tells us yeah uh, yeah you should send us a presentation we send them all the material then we never hear back from them so we got used to that and and i've presented in so many places you know rice business alliance and all the yeah so a lot of companies are familiar with the kind of work that we are doing but at each stage I've tried to learn more and more and and finally this when this company came up this industrial wastewater treatment company it's based in Massachusetts and somehow everything just fit they were not too large mm. and we were also the right size company to work with them and it 
it just fits so yeah so it knowing that um some of like chevron and all of those companies they are the very large companies so it doesn't sometimes it's not possible to just make things work like that so just having that patience and knowing that there will be somebody who for whom our technology is just the perfect fit for the kind of work that they are doing so this is like a, they are more involved in desalination so our technology uh, it comes in like a pre-filtration for whatever they are doing mm-hmm. so they right now they're overkilling their technology so this fits in and it will reduce their costs also yeah Yeah, and that's an important part of finding a good fit in your industry or customers dropping into their current process, right? They've been doing it some particular way for probably a decade or so, and you have to introduce this foreign new technology in a way that doesn't blow everything up, right? And it sounds like you found a really satisfying fit and way to drop into their current process. That's great. So now that you guys are um, you know, getting acquired, I think you'll have to separate yourselves completely from Northwestern University. Northeastern. Northeastern, I'm sorry. Northeastern University. So has that, what's that process been like working with Northeastern in their, in their tech transfer office? Um, and what have maybe even some of the challenges been in trying to navigate that relationship? So um, we are, I guess, one of the first few companies to spin out from Northeastern. A few have spun out before us. Uh, so it hasn't been too complex because they Northeastern is also very interested in seeing many of their patents being licensed out to mm-hmm. other companies. So we have formed a three-way agreement now. Um, the company that is acquiring us and Northeastern and, of course, Menon Labs. It hasn't been too difficult. I mean, they've been very nice to work with. I'm really happy to hear that. That's great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um. As you may have realized from me and Joe's celebration earlier, uh, we've never had a company on our show that it either is going through or has already gone through an acquisition process. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I worked for Open Water Power last year um, and was present throughout their acquisition process. And it's really like an incredibly fascinating time of the company. Like in addition to being exciting and like really gratifying and it's kind of like vindication for all of your hard work. I guess my first question for you to dig in a little bit more um, into what that process has been like for you. Uh, are you and the other members of Men and Labs planning on continuing to work for Men and Labs? Yes. Like for the acquired company? Um, after the acquisition? Yes. So, um, so it's, so this company is coming in like the management team, right? Which makes sense because they are in the uh, industry. They are the industrial wastewater treatment company. So, um, I will be working in the new company. Uh, I mean, after it's acquired, I will continue to be working there. I think I'll be the only one that's working. So it's, yeah, we never had any full-time employees. So that ah. that's what's interesting about the company. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. 
that sounds like a good financial decision yes. as well. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. If you're already using, so, if your technology is already present and you're just trying to make a business around it. That was the advantage of working bec- uh, with Northeastern because Northeastern has this wonderful co-op oh, program. Yeah, using the co-op. Yeah. So every semester, every six months, we get a new co-op. That's great. So that's what helped us a lot. Yeah. That's so right. does For, that we, mean we get a lot of interns from Northeastern yes. here? We go wise, like we use, we've had amazing interns from Northeastern. So does that mean, so in addition to actually, when when we say you're running the business, usually when we talk to CEOs, that means like that they are the traditional CEO and in every application, like every meaning of that word. But for Mm -hmm. you, Mm -hmm. because there aren't any other full-time employees, it really means that you're the CEO, you're the CFO. Almost. Right. (laughs) You do all the accounting, all the HR. That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. And you you taught all of yourself how how to do all of that. Wow. Where did you learn? I did I did an MBA too. In the last uh, four years, I got myself an MBA from Northeastern University. Where do you find the time? <laughs> I can't believe it. There is a lot of time out there. <laughs> but you breathe and meditate. Somehow you're so focused that you can make full use of every moment I love it. in your life. That's excellent. <laughs> Um, I did not make use of every moment of my life this week. <laughs> Sleeping counts. <laughs> um, in your opinion, what what does it take to be an entrepreneur? Like, what traits are most critical to to success? Mm, you know, that risk taking attitude. It's very important. I think um, that. Because nothing is, uh, there are so many things that just pop out when you are on this path of entrepreneurship. So just be open to all the challenges and just try to resolve each challenge as it comes. Yeah, I think that has really helped me a lot. And I, I'm, I don't know, that's my personality. I like working out of my comfort zone when everything is just perfect. Something goes crazy in me. Things have to go wrong. <laughs> yeah, so that's, that helps. That's great. You're so centered about. I think I need to go to one of your meditation yes. classes. I think uh, I'll get well, this. Apparently, she, I've heard she does. She did one at Greentown Labs for a lunch and learn. Yes, one time. I did. I did. And yeah. uh, Andrew loved it. Okay. Yeah. We'll okay. Cut that part out. Cool. Because I don't know if he'll like to be referenced. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we got a ringing endorsement from Greentown Labs. That's excellent. I love it. Cool. And then my last question is, if someone wanted to be more, more like, have that kind of, you know, um, self-reliance and kind of inner fire that you have Mm -hmm. for, for this kind of work, what would you recommend that they do? Do you have any advice for, for having that? Or is it, is it just unique? Well, I, don't know. I think breathing and meditation. Breathing and meditating. Help. That's fine. I love it. Yeah, I'm it a... helps. So I do have one last question. So for somebody who's done so much and tried so many different things, mm-hmm. it doesn't really seem like your company acqui- being acquired is your ultimate goal. Like you're not going to stop no. once that happens. So what is success for you what what do you consider your 
either your end goal or what you want to accomplish ultimately. So you mean in terms of my career? Uh, it's kind of, I think so, yes. Yeah, well, so for as far as this company is concerned, I feel like uh, once it goes into the engineering space, you know, my contribution my, will become minimal, right? Because I know what my expertise is. I am more of a technology developer. I know what my strengths are. I'm fully aware of all that. So I know that once it reaches a point where um, we have all these uh, full-scale solutions which are being sold out there and so on, so at that point, I would take a step back. Then I will go back and look at the other technologies from my research lab, maybe take the next one <laughs> to the next stage of commercialization, I mean, development and commercialization and so on, yeah. Um, what about personal success like what are you striving for in all of these companies and within your career or personally what what is your your end goal you know to be honest personally i am in a very contented space i the reason i'm able to do all this uh ha comes from this fact that i for whatever reason, through all what I have achieved so far, I am in that space of contentment. So I am just happy the way things are. <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, that makes perfect <laughs> sense to me. All right. Well, so thank you, Lutika, for joining us today thank you. Um, on this frigid Freezing. Saturday. <laughs> it's funny, on the episode before this, our listeners will hear us talking about how wonderful the snow is, right? And we had like that beautiful snowy day and then it's going to jump to this episode and we're going to be like, it's been like a week of, you know, sub 10 degree Fahrenheit weather and we're all just frozen and tired. And cold. I, <laughs> <laughs> I sleep a lot when I'm cold, I've realized. <laughs> Hibernate? Yeah. You're, just, you're like a bear? Well, it's like the minimums and the maximums. When it's really hot out, I sleep a lot as well. So it's, it's like, it's too cold. I refuse. Anyway, <laughs> in the show notes, you will find more more information on Menon Labs or whatever Menon Labs will be called when this show comes out. Um, and if you would like to support the show, please tell a friend, tweet at us, or subscribe to us on iTunes. Um, please leave us, leave us a review and download the show. Um, Five-star reviews are extremely helpful. Um, do I think we, we should have a challenge today. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like... We already used the yoga move one, but this would we be a did. great one for the yoga move one. Is there a meditation-related challenge we can do? I think we can just try it. Well, I mean, I meditate so, fairly regularly. Oh, I, I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so challenge is that if you leave us a five-star review, anybody leaves us a five-star review, I will have either Joe or Latika teach me how to meditate, Ooh. and there will be photo evidence and I'll learn. And that's that's the challenge. That's the challenge. I dig it. So for for Chloe's mental well-being, mental and physical <laughs> well-being, please leave a five-star review um, and uh, we'll all be uh, better meditators for it. Cool. Um, we'll find out. <laughs> um, and uh, let's see. You can also sign up for our mailing list yep. on go, our website. Go to, go to the um, site. Sign up. TalkCleanPodcast.com. 
and for suggestions, please get in touch. Please tweet us at TalkLeanPod. Email us at feedback at TalkLeanPodcast.com. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thank you, Latika. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're journalists. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Up top. Yeah. <laughs>